The Wake Up Call is a daily encouragement to shake off the slumber of our busy lives and turn our eyes toward Jesus. Each morning, our community gathers around a scripture, a reflection, prayer, and a few short questions, inviting us to reorient our lives around the love of Jesus, who transforms our hearts, homes, churches, and cities. Now, here's J.D. Walt with today's entry. Welcome to the Wake Up Call. Are you ready? Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Today's entry is entitled, When You See a Snake in Your Garden. Hear the word of the Lord from Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? That's the word of the Lord. Now consider this. How it started in the beginning. Genesis 1.1 How it's going now the serpent, Genesis 3, 1. And that, my friends, is how life goes. No matter how beautiful, how orderly, how flourishing your garden is, sooner or later, you will see a snake. You know what else you'll see? Weeds. You don't even have to plant them. More on that later. Yes. You've already noticed God made the snake. So does this make God the author of evil, some will ask? No, it makes God the maker of snakes. And apparently, snakes, like everything else in this world, have some modicum of free agency to do as they will. So how do we deal with talking snakes? First answer, don't talk back. Okay, I know some of you struggle with the idea of a talking serpent. Some can't get past it and dismiss the Bible altogether as a book of old wives' tales, whatever those are. What do I think? Thanks for asking. My starting point is this fact of history. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and ascended to the right hand of God from where he reigns as the Lord of heaven and earth, and from whence he will return. Given that, anything is possible. Do I believe snakes can talk? Not generally, but if the Bible, the revealed word of God, says it, I am willing to suspend my experience reasoning, tradition, convention, and opinion, and lean in with truth-seeking faith. Is the point here about talking snakes, or is it about the nature of deception? Notice the strategy of the serpent is to question the Word of God. Did you catch those four words? Did God really say? 
Now notice the subtle deception and gross misstatement of God's word. You must not eat from any tree in the garden. Let's go to the replay booth for the actual word from God, Genesis 2.16. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Apparently, he must have mansplained the whole thing to the woman. Look at her response to the snake. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. That's Genesis 3, 2 and 3. So back to the replay booth. What did God actually say? Genesis 2, 16 and 17. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. We are barely three chapters in, and the word of God is being misstated, distorted, and otherwise abandoned. Nothing there about death by touching trees, just eating the fruit. And last time I checked, there were two trees in the middle of the garden. Because the woman mentions only one, does it stand to reason she, or perhaps they, did not eat the fruit from the other? The tree of life? Speculating now, but what if their failure to eat from the fruit of the tree of life, per the prescription, explains their proclivity to eat the fruit from the tree, per the prohibition? Let me, let me say that again. I'm speculating, but what if their failure to eat the fruit from the tree of life, per God's prescription, explains their proclivity to eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, per the prohibition? And what if, my friends, just what if the tree of life bore the fruit of the Spirit? And what if the fruit of the Spirit in turn bore the seeds of the Word of God? It sounds like a salvation garden to me. Not speculating here. Only the true seed of the pure Word of God will bear the fruit of the Spirit. James one twenty one. the message. In simple humility, let our gardener God, landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. And what should you do when you see a snake in your garden? Answer, don't wait around to see if it talks. Run. Wake up, sleeper. The word of God is landscaping the garden of your life. The prayer, Farmer God, thank you for your word, who is the tree of life. 
how we long for the fruit of the Spirit from the tree of life. Sow the word in our deepest hearts. Teach us to delight in your word such that we hunger for more. And let us thirst for your spirit. We want our lives to become your salvation garden for our good, for others' gain, for your glory. Praying in Jesus' name, amen. The question, what do you see going on in Genesis chapter 3? How do you see this kind of thing still going on? Notice how this all cuts to the very source and heart of the matter from the beginning with respect to the Word of God. Implications? For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend, leave us a rating, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.